Well, let me just um, read um, and pray as we start the service. Just read from Psalm 93. The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength. Indeed, the world is established firm and secure. Your throne was established long ago. You are from all eternity. The seas have lifted up, Lord. The seas have lifted up their voice. The seas have lifted up their pounding waves. Mightier than the thunder of the great waters. Mightier than the breakers of the sea. The Lord on high is mighty. Your statutes, Lord, stand firm. Holiness adorns your house for endless days. Let's pray. Lord God, we do praise you indeed that you are a mighty God. That you are the one who created this world in which we live. You are the one who sustains it. And Lord, we do confess at times as we look at um, the world around us, we look at the world conflicts, we look at the violence in our own country, maybe even in our own lives and uh, families. And we confess that we sometimes wonder where you are, whether you really are in control. So we do pray that you would reassure us of your sovereign power. You would reassure us of your love for your world which you made. We do pray this evening as we hear a bit about what is going on in the the prisons in this country, uh, the work with those whose lives are in a bit of a mess and how you can come into those lives and you can mend them and restore them. Lord, encourage us all by what we hear and challenge us all in the ways in which we too can uh, bring the good news of Jesus Christ to a needy world. So bless uh, David and all he has to say to us this evening and uh, may all we do be honouring and pleasing to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to hand over to David. All over to yours. Thanks, David. Well, good evening, everyone. Uh, Good evening, everyone. Well, it's good to see you. Um, What I'm going to do is I'm going to treat this just like a prison service, all right? So you're all prisoners this evening, Okay. You laugh too loud. <laughs> yes, no, no, not at all, not at all. And by the way, we're always uh, very, always got an eye on the back row. We <laughs> tend to pass the drugs. Just that gentleman there. I, no, sorry. No, okay. So, um, yeah, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to do it very much like we would a prison service. And you probably noticed that the first thing, that you get a good handshake when you came in. So um, most of you, I shook your hand, welcomed you into the service. That's what we do. And uh, if you've got your Bibles, who's got a Bible with them? Would you turn to John chapter 5 and look at 39 and 40? So these are two verses that I took this morning. It's uh, HMP Grendon at the very start of the service. But I'm not going to give you a commentary anymore. From now on, it's just as if you're in that prison service. So if you've got your Bibles open, John chapter 5, verses 39 and 40. How many of you know your New Testament? What's the first book in the New Testament? Next book? Keep going. Keep going. Hey, there we are, John. So chapter 5, and we want 39 and 40. All right, have we all got that? Hey, ladies, where are you? Where's the John chapter 5? Come on, I thought you were going to read it for me. No? Okay. Somebody help these ladies with the Bible. There we go. All right, so has everybody got the Bible open in front of them? Good. And Matthew said, please don't embarrass me tonight. So Matthew, will you read it for me? 39 and 40. Will you read that for me? Thank you. And you search the scriptures because you believe they can eternal life, but the scriptures point to me. Yet you refuse to come to me so that I can give you this eternal life. Thank you very much. That's really helpful. So verse 39, some passages say you search, um, some translations say you search, others say you diligently study. So what does the scripture give you and what doesn't the scripture give you? According to verse 39. Who's going to help me? Now listen, I tell you, in prisons they, they don't hold back. There was, uh, no, this is, this is the truth. Um, didn't have anyone to play the piano in the scrubs. 
And this guy said, uh, do you want me to play it? I said, okay. So he came. Within the first three bars of Amazing Grace, it was plain he'd never played before in his life. <laughs> and he said, you didn't ask me if I could play it. You said, would you like me to play it? He said, I want to play it. I just can't. <laughs> so, and the next time I was there, uh, same thing, different person, and it was a concert pianist. And that's the range that you have in prison. Okay, back to verse 39. So what does the scripture do and what doesn't the scripture do? Can you tell me anything from verse 39? Who can tell me what it does? It bears witness to Jesus. So verse 39, the scriptures bear witness to Jesus. What doesn't it necessarily do? It doesn't necessarily give you eternal life. So you could be reading this book all your life. You could come to every Bible study. You could attend every church service and not be a Christian. Is that shocking? Is that shocking? That's the truth, isn't it? So what do you have to do for the eternal life according to this? Go into the verse 40 for me, if you would, please. Come to Jesus. So the scriptures point the way, but it's Jesus who gives the eternal life. Amen? Isn't that wonderful? So the scriptures point the way, but it's Jesus himself who gives the life. So I'm going to ask you during this service, will you look to Jesus for the life? Is that a yes? Yes. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you came. <laughs> Good. All right. So we're going to look to Jesus for the life because it's Jesus himself who gives the life. Isn't that wonderful? We can read it. We can study it. But it's Jesus who gives the life. That's glorious. And that's what we're going to do. So when we sing our first hymn, which is now going to miraculously appear on the screen, let's just see what we're singing first, shall we? You're the word of God, the Father. Goodness me, what's all that about? Anybody tell me what that means? Who's the word of God, the Father? Jesus. Oh, Jesus. How do you know that? Same book. Same book. Which book are you thinking of, Mum? John. John. You got a chapter for us? Chapter one. Chapter one. So, the word of God, we know it's the word of God because it says so in the Bible. Right, what else? Is there anything else here a little bit sort of tricky? Can we have a look at the chorus, please? Anything tricky in there? You're the author of creation. Who's the author? Jesus. How do we know Jesus is the author? I'm going to ask this lady back here. She's going to tell me John chapter 1 and verse... Round about two or three? Yeah, good, I'll go with that. All right, okay, now let's go to the next verse. Let's see what we're singing there, shall we? Yet you left the gaze of angels. What's that talking about? He came down. Who came down? Jesus. What does that make him if he came down from heaven? Makes him, he came as man. But is there anybody else who came from heaven... Hey, this must be God. You think? Angels came down. down. Okay. That's nearly there. All right, okay. Let's go on to verse 3 as well. Let's have a look at that. And a shout you rose victorious. What's this talking about? Jesus rose from the grave. This would be a good Easter song, wouldn't it? Okay? All right, so we know what we're singing. Right, let's start from uh, verse 1. We'll stand on the first note, and let's sing to the glory of God. You're the word of God the Father. We couldn't borrow these on a Sunday, could we? (laughs) That would be wonderful if we could. Um, Let's put the presentation up on the screen. Um, I'm going to run you through a little bit about CPR. No, of course, we wouldn't do this in a prison. But it does give you a little bit of insight as to what we do. Now, you can jump in with a question at any point you want to. And um, I'll either answer it or I'll refer it to the pastor who would know if I don't. So that's wonderful. But CPR stands for Christian Prison Resources or Resourcing. 
And what we're trying to do is we're trying to bring an evangelical presence into as many jails in the UK as possible. And we want a very clear gospel witness where people who love the Lord Jesus, first and foremost, love his word, are able to bring the scriptures to men and women throughout our jails. Let's flick on to the next one. I need to give you some sort of sign. What sort of sign shall I give you as we go to the next? No, that's too dramatic. Okay, um, the ministry looks in two directions. First of all, everything we do, we seek to do on the word of God. Um, the way that we run the uh, charity, it's also a company. Um, the way in which we relate to the staff in prisons. The way that we deal with our own staff. Do you know, if we had a problem, and we haven't as yet, but uh, if we had a problem within our staff, we'd actually be looking to the local church to solve that problem. Because we believe that our partnership through the scriptures and the church is um, how it should be. It's really your ministry. We want you to own it, and we want to see you to do the works that God has called the church to. Let's go on to the next one. So, uh, and the next one. <laughs> so, the Bible as the basis of what we believe and what we do, and of course, Jesus Christ crucified and resurrected. And that really takes us back to our John 5, 39 and 40, although that isn't the one we do every week. Let's carry on. Um, these are the board members. Um, anybody know Brian Edwards? That's probably the most famous um, person from our board. And he is the chairman of our board, an absolutely brilliant chairman. Uh, we get through our meetings very quickly. Brian never takes any messing around. And a number of our meetings are done by Skype. But John Temple, anybody heard of John? Not quite so well known. Um, very good book writer. Um, has a lot of influence in a number of Christian things in this country uh, behind the scenes. And he makes sure that we're doing things as we should before God and before man. Timothy Lawrence, um, he worked for one of the top uh, law companies in, um, in the city. He's now um, training in Bible College. Uh, Sean Willis, he also works in the city. Um, uh, Aline Finn, she's um, very much to do with our health and safety and resettlement. And the chap there that we haven't got the photograph of, he's not a prisoner, it's just that we haven't got the photograph. His name is Alex Lyle. <laughs> oh, is he Alex Really? Do you know this one? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Moving on then. Let's um, speed through some of the... Oh, carry on. We missed that one. Right. Um, this is our man up in the north, John Hayes. And we've all got similar haircuts. No, we haven't. But um, John, um, he wouldn't mind me telling you this. I had no idea whether he'd be any good at this or not. So he came down from up north and shadowed me for a week. So he went into about eight different jails and saw what we were doing. But he'd already been in 40 jails by himself. Can um, I just ask a what is a jail? A prison. Jail. Yeah. Is it, is it my accent? I'm a crazy mixed-up kid. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Jail. <laughs> How do you spell it? That's the, that's the John Bunyan style, isn't it? <laughs> yes. We'd probably go with a J. Is that the USA style? I don't know. Anyway, jail, prison, um, and then there's immigration removal. So John came down, shadowed me for, uh, for a week, um, just over a week, and his rapport with the men was first class. Loves the Word of God, gets them stuck into the Word to do it for themselves, and I thought, we can't go wrong with this man. And he's an elder of um, his, um, uh, the church he's at up north. And God has really been blessing him. And these are some of the jails that he's working in. There are other jails too. Uh, this is Tracy. Tracy works in Holloway, Bronzefield, and also East Sutton, Coldfield. Um, again, God's doing a wonderful work through her. She's tireless in her commitment for the Lord. And besides running Bible studies, she will go from cell to cell to cell to cell to cell, enrolling these ladies for in-cell Bible studies, um, such as this. I'll tell you a bit more about those in a minute. So that they are working away in their cells, doing Bible study, and submitting it for our markers to grade. 
This is Gerard and Philippa Crisp. Anybody know Gerard and Philippa? Um, you know them? Do you know them from Beach Missions or? Firewood College. Okay. Well, was that West? I was there for a short while, yeah. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah. John Temple's got something to do with West, by the way. So, um, yes, um, well, here's an interesting thing. You see how different Gerard looks to me. He's got hair for a start. But he looks very different to me. And yet, when... Gerard goes into a jail, or I go into a jail, and a week or two later, it's reversed. Someone, one of the prisoners will say, by the way, when you were here the other week, (laughs) and you brought your wife with you, that wasn't me, Um, it's because they recognize the same gospel. That's interesting, isn't it? A recognition of the gospel. But Gerard and Philippa, please pray for them. Gerard has um, some blood problems, got leukemia and what have you. So do pray for him. He's uh, tireless in his work for the Lord. He really is. But pray for him and his health. Let's go on. Um, Yes. Um, CPR visited 43 prisons in 2013. We took over 1,100 services and Bible studies. Um, By the way, what time were you expecting to finish tonight? Because our services in jail are around about three and a half hours. (laughs) Not on a Sunday. That's our Bible studies. Um, So our Bible studies, in the morning, they come in at quarter past eight, and they leave at quarter to twelve. In the afternoon, they come in at quarter to two, and they leave at quarter to five. And most of that is Bible study. Uh, 15-minute break in the middle, and at the end of it, they want more. But it's all interaction all the way through. So we're not looking for folks who are going to deliver a three-hour monologue. We're looking for folks who are going to help them to work with the text and work it through to understand what the text is talking about and then how to apply it. These are some of the uh, weekly Bible studies that we do. You can see them for yourself. Um, And then on a Sunday, we go to a different jail that's um, uh, usually different to, to the ones listed up there. Thank you. Um, how much does it cost us to run our Bible studies? About 60 quid for a morning or an afternoon. Um, that just gives you an idea of the kind of cost that we're incurring. Um, resources. Please, please, please pray about this. This is a really important thing, that top one. Home office approved supplier. We were right at the point where they were prepared to sign us as the official home office supplier to all the prisons for Christian material. And then they came across Waterstone that sell the stuff that we sell to the prisons at um, two and a half times the price. But because it's their official supplier, they can't buy it from us. Now, it's ridiculous, but there you go. So please pray about that. The reason that this is so important to us is this. What we want to do is to set up a system where any prisoner can buy any book from us at, we're talking, you know, a fraction of the the price, and we'll incur the cost. Um, A prisoner earns in a week, if he works flat out, maximum 20 quid. Maximum. So to buy a book like Grudem's, for instance, which uh, on Amazon would cost you £38, we'd need to uh, sell it to him at something like 4 or £5. Pounds. Um, and that's what we want to do. And I'll tell you a little bit more about some of the courses that they're doing in a, in a few moments. So please, please, please pray about that. Um, we're also approved home office chaplains, which means that um, our chaplains can do statutory duties um, like any other chaplain. And uh, we hope in due course they will be appointed as managing chaplains as well. So please pray about that. Um, I don't personally want to be a managing chaplain. There are other things um, I think God wants me to focus on. Bible study groups, in-cell correspondence, I'll tell you a little bit more about that, and preaching and leading services. 
Thank you. Um, again, this gives you a rough idea of the kind of prices that we're talking about, um, how much it costs us to run these things. Uh, mark time is um, 42 um, papers altogether. They're all uh, individually marked and sent back to the prisoners with uh, fuller notes, etc., etc. It all takes time and effort. Next one, please. Um, a new regime, which is a common sense regime, has come to the prisons. They are trying to replicate inside of a prison the same as a normal working day for you or for me. They get up, they have to go to work, they work a full day, and then they come back to their cells. Then they've usually only got something like 45 minutes or an hour to wash, make a telephone call, then they're back in their cells. That's good, and it's good that there's that work ethic. But the downside of it is that um, we're having to fight for our time with the prisoners more vigorously. So again, pray for us on that. We went through a little dip in one stage, and now our numbers have actually become higher in a number of jails and immigration removal centers than ever before. So please, just soak that in prayer. Um, yes, in cell correspondence courses are therefore taking an even bigger role in the work that we're doing. Um, over the last six weeks, we've marked just over 1,500 studies. 1,500 studies in something like six weeks. So, um, yeah, on we go. That's the size of a cell. To give you an idea, if you take this little corner here, there to there, that would pretty well be the size of a cell and you could have two guys in there um, the bathroom is just here um, and there's a curtain if you're fortunate that's it um, he's got a TV do you the taxpayer pay for his TV no you don't he does and here's the bad thing, if you're the fellow sharing with him, and you don't want the TV, you've got to pay anyway. <laughs> okay. Um, so no, you're not paying for his TV. But um, I think that by and large, prisons are happy when prisons have got TV, because it helps keep them occupied. Yeah, so these are some of the courses. Note that um, you've got a number of, um, oh, last year we gave away 20 £2,000 worth retail price of media to prisoners. And that's because you buy our books. Um, and we do not keep a penny for our travelling or anything. Every single penny that you spend on a book will go towards buying media and marking the prisoner's work. We don't keep anything for ourselves for that, um, like I say, even for transport. But we, we try to pump these out to the prisoners. We print off tasters so they can have a taster. If they hand in the taster, then we give them the full books um, so that we don't waste resources. Um, the correspondence course, there's probably too much detail here, but we're now moving to a computerized way of marking it, which has taken a lot of man hours to try and set up, but it does mean we're turning it around a lot faster. Now, my son, when he saw this, he said, Dad, you're boring people with detail. Forget that, move on. <laughs> and again, move on. <laughs> um, resettlement. This is another big thing that we've got to get sorted, and we are sorting. What we're trying to do is we're trying to find good evangelical churches that will take on prisoners. And the prisoners that we are recommending are the ones who have gone through our Bible studies and they have shown either Christian commitment and a change of life as witnessed by the officers, and they're the ones who see it, as witnessed by the officers and others. Um, or we would say to the, uh, to, to the we'd say to the um, church that this person has made a lot of promising progress, but in our minds, they're not Christians yet. Then we'd ask the pastor or an elder to come in to see them uh, twice is our ideal, um, so they can then marry them up, meet them when they come out, and so on. And it might be if you're good at finance or filling out forms that the pastor says to you, I've got just the job for you. This person hasn't filled out a form for 15 years and he needs someone or she needs someone who can help them through. So there are a variety of gifts that are needed uh, to help a prisoner 
um, when he's being resettled into a church. And there are some offences, of course, like um, paedophiles, um, where it's a lot more difficult to deal with, but it's possible. And there are ways and means of dealing with these things. Again, there has to be a total open policy uh, with the pastor and the elders, the leaders of the church, um, with the prisoner. The prisoner um, has to sign a form for us to have permission to disclose everything that we know about the prisoner's offences from the Home Office. Okay, thank you. So, um, resettlement, uh, welcoming churches and those who will mentor or whatever term you use. We used to use discipleship and that's, that's the good old fashioned term and that's what we're looking for. People who will help these people in the disciplines of the Word of God and how to walk out their Christian lives. Sort of 2 Timothy 2 2 really. Um, yes, uh, day one, very big partner of ours, and we are so grateful to God for them. The diaries, day one spends £70,000 a year on the diaries. Every prisoner gets one, and um, many have come to Christ, well, many, some have come to Christ by just reading the diary. Um, but many have joined our Bible studies as a result of it. So we really thank God for day one. Um, EP, again the managing director of that, Graham Hines, he's, he stands very much behind us, supports us in all manner of ways. So that was a nod. <laughs> um, IVP and 31 other publishers stand with us. That's why I really want us to get this uh, home office approval, because then I think we can flood the, um, the prisons with uh, lots of literature. TBS, um, they stand with us, keep going. Uh, Grace to you. This is interesting. I've got to say, I don't hold to everything that John MacArthur holds to, but he has uh, a radio program, so a number of prisoners write in to Grace to you, and they very kindly uh, hand them on to us, and then we sign them up for Bible studies and so on. They also give us, I don't know how many, study Bibles each year. But we always say to the prisoners, study Bibles are great, here's the word of God, and here are the comments of a godly man, but that's what you really got to hold on to. Amen? Let's keep going. Uh, Gideons, anybody here a Gideon? I thought we might have a Ah, we are so grateful to Gideons. I don't know what we would do without Gideons. I honestly don't. It is an amazing ministry. And literally, um, stacks of Bibles go through our hands at a great rate of knots. And we do our very best to give them carefully. But I'm sure some are used as roll-ups. And I know that's a sad thing. But you've probably heard many a story about the person working through the Bible with their roll-ups. And God actually gets hold of them with a particular text just before they roll it. So um, that's the worst scenario. But the best scenario is that we're all reading from the same version, working it through. And I thank God for the Gideons. Um, yeah, so we visited 43 jails last, last year. Keep going. Um, this is our focus. Gospel, especially on Sundays. Gospel, gospel, gospel on Sundays. Midweek, um, we're looking for Bible studies where we are going to teach the prisoners to read it and study it for themselves. We don't know where they're going to be shipped out to next week. We don't know what material they're going to read next. So for us, it's really important that we can teach them to read it and study it for themselves. So that the Bible does the speaking. And when they get into this discipline, it means, and we have all different people in our, in our groups, right? Have people from a Roman Catholic background. By the way, I even preach in the Roman Catholic service. I stand up and I say, I'm an evangelical. Thank you very much for giving me this opportunity. But I promise you one thing, I'll do my very best to bring the word of God to you as it is written here. Now, I wouldn't get the chance on the outside to do that. And I remember that uh, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones said, it, if he had an opportunity to preach in the Vatican, he would, but he wouldn't invite the Pope back to his place. <laughs> and that's pretty much the same stance that we take. We take every opportunity to preach and teach the gospel. I remember in one situation, a prisoner um, uh, died, and the Muslims were saying, no, no, we think he was a Muslim. We had the Roman Catholic saying, no, we think he's a Roman Catholic. And I was saying, well, he's been in my Bible studies for some time. I've got an idea he might have come to Christ. I think he might be an evangelical. So they said, how are we going to handle this? 
And at this particular time, the managing chaplain was on gardening leave. And I was asked if I would manage this situation. So I said, right, this is what we do. You can speak about your belief, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, and I'll have 10 minutes. I said, and don't compromise. I looked at the imam, I said, you're going to tell us what you really believe. I said, you won't tell us anything else. He said, I know that. He said, great. And we went round. It turned out to be, oh, and he graciously said, look, if you're chairing the meeting, we'll give you 20 minutes. I said, yes, thank you. <laughs> so... He shared what he shared, and we all went round. Um, he was very square on what he said, straight up and down. Um, uh, the Roman Catholic uh, said, well, we believe the same as the Hindus. And it just, it just went on like this. It was, and then, then I came to uh, John chapter 14, and I worked through a passage there, and of course did the, uh, the verse 6 especially. And at the end of it, one of the governors came up to me, and he said, David, he said, I thought that was amazing. Nobody compromised on their faith. You held to what you believed. You spoke clearly. And yet there wasn't an offense by the way that it was handled. And afterward, we had a whole lot of guys signing up for Bible study. It was just amazing. So you've got to take the opportunity. And you must let the only offense be the offense of the cross. Not because you're being weird about it. Okay? All right. Yeah. So, um, golly. Time's running. Let's just quickly switch on. I think we're almost there. Uh, yeah, that's the discipline, but you know the disciplines. Moving on. Prayer points. Um, if you could pray for CPR, we'd really like it. And out there on our table is a place where you can put your email down. That'd be great if you could do that. But prisoners, that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. Colossians 1, 28. Pray that we continue to have favor with chaplains and governors. Pray for health and strength and traveling mercies. Uh, some of us clock up a lot of miles. Now, the idea is that um, the local churches take on the local prisons, and we're not clocking up lots of miles. So my job, my vision, is that we are training the churches who will partner with us to do this stuff. And um, I was saying to pastor earlier on, if there's anybody here who wanted to do the work, don't come and see me. Come and see your pastor. Come see your elders. Because we want to know people who are fit for this work, who are in good fellowship with their church, who are walking right before God, and who have got a heart to do this. But they've got to be people under authority. If they're not under the authority of their local church, they're dangerous. Don't want them. Sorry. Um, so pray for us and our traveling mercies. Pray for the Sunday services. Pray for the new associates. We need a lot more manpower to get this work done. Pray about our budget. Um, yep, we're always stretching it. And pray for our prayer bulletins. If you sign up for the prayer bulletin, you'll have to read between the lines. We cannot print everything that we'd like you to know. You've got to read between the lines. It's the only thing that you can do. And also pray for our board members. Amen. Now, I'm very conscious of time. Why don't we get straight into the Bible now we're going to read from Romans chapter 3, and I'm just looking for a volunteer, and we have sort of army volunteers really, and I'm wondering if this lady would be kind enough to read it for us. Would you come to the microphone and read it? So it's uh, Romans chapter 3 from verse 9 through to the end of the chapter. Romans 3 verse 9. To yeah. the end. Thank you ever so much. What shall we conclude then? Do we have any advantage? Not at all, for we have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under the power of sin. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good not even one. Their throats are open graves, their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways, and the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. 
Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Where then is boasting? It is excluded. Because of what law? The law that requires works? No. Because of the law that requires faith. For we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles too? Yes, of Gentiles too, since there is only one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through that same faith. Do we then nullify the law by this faith? Not at all. Rather, we uphold the law. And thank you very much. Appreciate that. We all did. Thank you. So I'm still in my prison mode, and this is um, how I'll probably preach this passage. Um, and you could have a congregation of um, about 130, or you could have 12. Um, so it's quite uh, quite wide ranging. I'd say the norm is about 60 on a Sunday morning. Um, This morning was uh, probably one of the lowest, but then it's got the lowest population jail that we visit, which has only got about 210 prisoners, and we had 12 in there this morning. Go to the scrubs, you've got two services, one after the other, um, and uh, that's coming closer to 300. So it's, uh, it's quite different. But in that service, there will be interaction as far as the sermon is concerned. So um, if you're on the back row, this isn't time to go to sleep. We're still watching you, okay? <laughs> All right. Now, some of you might have to just do a bit of play acting for me. Because you're all so well taught, my diagnostic question um, is going to fall flat here. But nevertheless... Um, so if you shout out the wrong answer, that's okay, because we know you're playing along. So actually, no one's going to be... Isn't that a wonderful way of doing it? So no one's going to be embarrassed, all right? But here's the question. Here's the diagnostic question. And by the way, um, just stepping out of my prison mode for a minute, this is a great question in evangelism. When you're on the bus, when you're uh, in a queue, when you're talking, this is a great diagnostic question. Here's the question. Are you ready for it? How many of the Ten Commandments, and don't answer yet, don't call out, all right? Um, How many of the Ten Commandments must you keep to become a Christian? All right? That's the diagnostic question. And remember, you're allowed to play along. So um, even if you don't tell me the whole truth and nothing but the truth, tonight it's okay. (laughs) So have you all got an answer? Don't call it out, but have you all got an answer? How many of the Ten Commandments must you keep to become a Christian? Everybody got an answer? Anyone not got an answer? So I could point at anyone, and you're going to shout out a number for me. You're not going to give me an explanation. All you're going to do is give me a number, right? 
How many? None. One. One? None. None. One? None. One? One? Seven. Seven? <laughs> now I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. Seven often comes up. <laughs> so you played well, sir. Thank you. All right, seven. Anybody else? Um, sir, Stephen. Ten. Ten. That one comes up a lot. Ten comes up a lot. Okay. Uh, sir? None? Mum? One. By the way, which one were you choosing? <laughs> so you really mean four then. So anyone who says one really means four, right? Yeah? <laughs> okay, alright. So those who are saying one are really meaning four. Yeah, because it's a summary, right? You're not nodding. You're just trying to... Do you play cards? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not moving at all. <laughs> okay, all right. So, if you're saying one, you actually mean four. And most people who say two, usually mean ten. Because Matthew 22 is a summary of the ten. You knew that, didn't you? Because your name's Alex. Alex's know these things. All right, okay. So, at this point, what I would do, because we've probably now got something like... 10 or 15 who have said 10. So at that point, I'd ask them to stand up if they believe that they have to keep 10 commandments. And then I'll say to them, how many of you are Christians? And a number of them will say that they are Christians. And some of them might well be, by the way. And then I say, so hold on a sec, 10 commandments... You're in jail, <laughs> and you haven't broken. Okay, and yet you're a Christian. There's something wrong here. You're seeing the reasoning. You're with me now, aren't you? You're now thinking it through with me, aren't you? All right. So let's just see what the answer is. Let's go to verse 21, and um, we're going to have a look at verse 21. And I'm going to have to do this a little bit faster than I normally would. But um, um, who would be kind enough to read this out for me? Thank you, Mum. Thank you for that volunteering like that. I do appreciate it. So um, would you read it out nice and loudly for us? We can give you a mic, I think. Does this work? Is that all ready to go, or do we have to press anything? There we go. Okay, nice and loudly, please. But now... What? Sorry, what was the first word? But. What does that mean? If you start a sentence with but, what does that mean? Something's gone before. Something's gone before. What kind of thing has gone before? If you start a sentence with but, what would you do that for? Why would you say but? It's contrary. It's a contradiction. So it's different or even opposite to what's gone before. Yes? Now what do we read from verses um, 10 down through? What did we read? There's no one righteous, not even one. There's no one who understands. There's no one who seeks God. Wow. What kind of righteousness do you think they had? None. <laughs> okay. They had no kind of righteousness. All right. So let's carry on with our reading then. But but now. Now. <laughs> well, hold on a sec. You're right. The now. Why have we got the now there? Something has happened. Something has changed. This is how it was, but now. Obviously, I've got to speed this up, right? Because you want to get home before 10, right? <laughs> yes, okay. All right, read on for me, please. The righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Wow, hold on, hold on. Up until now, what kind of righteousness have we been talking about? A righteousness from man. And that righteousness from man was really saying that we've all messed up. Every one of us, especially this fella. And now it's talking about a different kind of righteousness. So, what kind of righteousness is it talking about here now? Sir, you said that in a very light voice. Oh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> Sir, what kind of righteousness is it? According to that verse 21? See, you thought you could hide it that moment, didn't you? But, 
but now a righteousness from God. Can you see there's a massive switch here? It's going from the righteousness of man to the righteousness of God. But now, a righteousness from God. Wow, what's happening? Okay, now my translation, the next three words are apart from law. Who can help me with what apart from law means? If you say something is apart from something, what does it mean? What does apart from law mean? Who can help me with that? What does apart from law mean? I know you hide at the back there when you're playing the, the stuff, but can you help us with this? Apart from law, what does that mean? Apart from. Anyone got this? Irrespective. Irrespective. That's a bigger word. So give me a smaller one. <laughs> Irrespective of. Separate. Separate from. So it's not dependent upon the law. But now a righteousness from God has got nothing at all to do with the law. So if it's got nothing at all to do with the law, how many of the law commandments do you have to keep? Hey, we've got that, haven't we? It's a zero, because it's apart from law. All right, so that means I can throw away my Bible. I don't need that anymore, right? I don't. But if it's apart from law, why do I need my Bible? So what else is it? And how do we know that? Let's read the, re- the rest of verse 21. <laughs> yes. Uh, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. Aha. Right. So we can't throw it away because we wouldn't know what this righteousness from God is if we didn't have the Bible. Amen? Now, listen, you can work through, you can go down to 31, and you'll see the same. Do then we nullify the law by this faith? Not at all. Rather, we uphold the law. So there's no excuse for throwing your Bible away, because the Bible is leading you to this righteousness that is from God. Now, if we had more time to unpack that, what would we come up with? We'd come up with this. That the only way that you can receive that righteousness from God is not by the commandments that you keep, but by trusting Jesus. Didn't we say that at the beginning? That the Bible points us and testifies, but it's Jesus himself who gives us the life. Isn't that wonderful? So... By faith, we're trusting God for this righteousness that there's no way I can earn. My family was here, and I said I kept even three of the commandments. I think they would argue differently. And I think if we put you on the stand, I think we could do the same. Because the standard that Jesus has got on the commandments is even to do with what you think. Or what's in your heart. Whether you're angry, whether you lust. So here, in this verse 21, as I read this, on the one hand, it fills me with great hope. Because it's not about me, it's about him. And as I put my trust in this living saviour, my life will change. Because it will begin... By God giving me a righteousness that's not my own. How much comfort does that fill you with? That you will stand before him on that great day if you've trusted Jesus, not by your righteousness, but by his. Isn't that incredible? (laughs) It is. There's nothing greater. So on that great day, when you stand before him. But you see, the thing is, you actually need to know that that's true now. And Paul goes on to argue this in no uncertain terms. So chapter 4 and chapter 5, when you get back to your cell, (laughs) I want you to read it. I want you to read it over and over. 
especially from verse 21, chapter 321, all the way through to the end of chapter 5 and 21. I want you to read that over and over until you get it, until you see that there's a righteousness, not of you, but of God, that can be yours by faith. And some of them thought, well, this is so free, that means I can do what I like. Because all I have to do is say sorry at the end of the day, right? Wrong. Look at chapter 6, and we finish with this. Look at chapter 6 and verse 1. Because Paul has anticipated this very argument, and this is what he says. Remember, he's just spoken about this Righteousness that comes from God, and it's by faith, and faith alone. And then he says this, because I think he's got people who are pointing the finger at him and saying, Ah, this is cheap. What should we say then? Shall we go on sinning that grace may increase? I think the King James puts it, God forbid. By no means. We died to sin how can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? And it goes on to speak about death and life. And how we are to live in Christ day by day by faith. Let me pray for you. And this is a real prayer. This isn't a, a pretend prayer. Let me pray for you as I pray for myself and as we pray for the prisoners this evening. Our Father and our God, we want to thank you for the Lord Jesus. We want to thank you for the price that he paid on the cross at Calvary. Lord, how could we ever earn what he did for us? impossible so we come with a great confidence and our confidence is not in ourselves but in a sinless saviour and we thank God that we came to the place of knowing that we are the wretched man and yet when we cried out and said Lord rescue us that is exactly what you have done and by faith, we thank you for our Lord Jesus Christ, who died, who bled, who shed his life, his blood. That we might not only know salvation to come, but we might know the power of salvation for today. That we might make choices that glorify you today. And in the opposition of a world that stands against you and your purpose by grace through faith we can entrust ourselves to you we ask this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ Amen Amen well thanks very much David for your ministry to us and the insight into the work you do um, as David says there are books available there not just for yourselves but also to maybe buy for a prisoner and if you'd like to ask more about the work, do please feel free to chat to, to David afterwards. Now, let's close now by saying the grace together. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore.